ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with the 330th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. Today we're going to wrap up the 2022 NFL Draft. The Falcons started with nine picks. They ended up using eight of them. They used one to trade up into the second round to get a pass rusher. So, you know, we're going to look at this class overall. And Coach Kirby uh, Smart, I know this is the Falcons broadcast, but we're going to give Coach Kirby Smart a shout-out up in Athens. 15 Georgia Bulldogs went in the draft, a ridiculous number. Two of them to the Atlanta Falcons to end their drought. They hadn't drafted a Bulldog since 2011. So big ups to the Bulldogs. But we're going to get to the Falcons here, and we got a couple Bulldogs we're going to talk about later on. We recorded the Thursday night show before we had a chance to hear from general manager and why they took receiver, uh, USC receiver, Drake London, number eight overall. Here's Fontenot's opening statement on London. We always start with the makeup. We love the way the young man's wired. He's a tough, smart, competitive football player. Um, The way he works, the way he competes, um, we're very excited to to bring him. He fits our ethos. He fits the culture, everything that we want uh, to be as a football team here. He fits it. He checks all those boxes. And as a player, he's big, he's athletic. Uh, the versatility, um, things he can do on the field, uh, the catch radius. Uh, we're very excited to make him a Falcon. Well, all right. You know, um, London didn't run a 40. He had fractured his ankle, and um, there were varying times out there. I had some times, and the Falcons had some times. So, um, you know, I wanted to get the most accurate time on the uh, wide receiver here. So I asked head coach Arthur Smith if he knew how fast Drake London is. That's great. Um, you know, we worked him out, so we felt pretty comfortable with his speed and everything in the tape. Um, so we're not going to discuss internal measurements we had on guys. He's, he just watched the tape. He's not plenty top, faster. That's top secret? It's not top secret, but that's – our intellectual property. So, uh, <laughs> no, we're, we're, we're obviously very – What's that? You're fine with speed. Cause we're trying to figure out he's got a lot of contested catches. It's because he's not getting you open. You watch him on the slot? Um, yeah. Yeah. The guy's yeah, a so dynamic we're... player. Plays a lot of position. He's everything you want in mental makeup. Like Terry said, he's wired the right way. We're excited as hell that he's a part of the Falcons. All right. Well, this led to a whole weekend discussion on intellectual property. Uh, I don't know if Coach knew. I think he did. Uh, I taught communications law at Clark Atlanta. And uh, one of the uh, sections is the whole copyright and intellectual property section. So, you know, quasi-authority in intellectual property. And never saw anything about a 40-yard dash time being uh, uh, a part of that. But, you know, we talked about it. Proprietary information. 
If you're the only one that have it, you could make an argument. Football people try to put everything under the proprietary information thing. So, But they thought they were one of the only teams that had a good 40 time on him. And um, I had uh, from 4-4 to 5-3 to 4-6, you know, those are three different varying times. They had their own time, which was pretty fast. And they felt if everybody knew his real 40 time, somebody might jump up and try to get him. So that's what that was all about. And we made peace and, uh, you know, have more intellectual property discussions later. Because I'm like, hey, I'm hearing he's slow and the contested catches are because he can't get away from people. So, you know, I wanted to, you know, address that. But, you know, he's faster than we think. Uh, We did watch him on the sideline over the weekend. He's a zone beater. Now, we we are doing an analysis of him, and there is some discussion on whether he can get off of the line as an X. So we've got our experts to help us with that. But that was what, <laughs> that's what all that uh, intellectual property discussion was about. It came up, uh, we had a discussion the next day. Then again, he brought it up on the third day about uh, 40-yard dash time being proprietary information. I told him I just had trouble as a uh, law professor wrapping my arms around the concept of a 40-yard dash time being proprietary information. But if you're the only you're the only one that have it, okay, you can make that argument. I'll side with coach on that. But you know, if you do it with, you know, in front of the public at a pro day, you know, Justin Schaefer's three cone time was not. So he was more than happy to look it up for me on the third day. So that's what all that fussing was about during this draft time. We had a good time. Uh thank Coach and Terry uh finding out for all their help over the weekend and uh if you've been to AJC.com, you've seen the impressive coverage. We had our intern up in Athens doing the Bulldogs, Ken Segura doing Georgia Tech, Mark Bradley writing columns, and Gabe Burns helping me out with the Falcons. So it's plenty out there on AJC.com for you to, you know, sink your teeth into the draft coverage. Okay, so we got past how fast or how slow he was. And then another thing, and this, you know, it'll be in our report card, Williams and Wilson were rated higher than London, but the Falcons' preference for bigger receivers trumped that. And so that, um, you know, had them with London over Williams and Wilson, smaller guys. London's a zone beater guy. He's not going to blaze down the field on you, but he's going to catch the ball in traffic and make runs under run after catches, especially on the underneath routes. So, we know how fast he is now. We know he can play. We know why they picked him over the other two. So, let's keep it moving here. And then, you know, we discussed the pick. Was it a need-based pick or a best player available pick? Well, every position is a need. So, we trusted our board and where it fell. So, we're very excited about the player. And you can obviously, if you're paying attention after our pick, you saw the run on wideouts, which we predicted was going to happen. So that, they're, they're, all the factors led into it, but we also trusted our process, and we weren't going to reach. We talked about that the other day about need. Things are even, sure. Things aren't, that's why you do all this work. You don't all of a sudden get on the clock and start just dismissing all the work these scouts have put in, all, the whole process. We talked about being collaborative, and then you go away from strategies just because you're on the clock. Yeah, yeah stack the board, and, and, and he's the best player on the board. We're excited to take him off, uh, obviously, if a defensive player would have been there that was the best player, we would have took him. Drake was the best player, and we're excited about it. Now, there it is. That settles why they picked 
Drake London over Garrett Wilson and Jamison Williams. I have to keep those two straight. Now, um, they, they clearly had the receiver rated higher than Charles Cross, who went next in the next pick, the uh, pass block and tackle from Mississippi State. So that explains the first round. Let's move on to the second round. And I'm sorry, I've been meaning all weekend to get the pronunciation on Abikete. I hope that's it, Arnold, but we're going to work on that. We're just going to call him AK for now. That's his nickname. That's what the, the Falcons told us. So we just call him Arnold. Um, and he's a doctor. Arnold's a doctor. He's a doctor on the pass rush, he said. Uh, so that's all over his social media, which is his self-anointed nickname. And that's okay. I was slow in high school, and, and they, we came up with lightning lead. So, hey, but uh, he's the doctor of the pass rush. Let's hear from Arnold. I'm a doctor of pass rush. Simple. I say I give myself a nickname. A lot of people ask me why I call myself a doctor. I don't know why, but I believe I'm a doctor of pass rush, so I'm just going to stick with it for a little while. All right, we go. He's he's too big for us to contest that, so we're going to call him Dr. Pass Rush first time we see him in person. The Falcons did trade up. They trade. They moved up. They gave up the fourth round pick, flopped their pick with the Giants to go up to get Arnold. And here's Terry Fontenot on why they traded up to get him. The reason we traded up is we had him high on the board, and um, we said we want to go up and get him. And so we gave up that fourth, and we're excited. We added a pass rusher that can win a lot of different ways. He's got variety. He finishes. He plays with a motor, and he's got top makeup. No doubt. Top make. I don't know what makeup means. I think I do. I think he's talking about character. You know, I hear makeup. I'm thinking of, you know, Sephora. <laughs> you know, the the uh, stuff that I have to take my daughters to the mall to get. But I think he means character. Good character is what we can. When we say we hear makeup, y'all just say character. That's how I'm going to do it. And then also in the second round, they picked up. Now, this is another one. This is like, okay, Troy Anderson, Montana State. Kobe Dean was on the board, so we got to address that in our analysis post-wrap-up. Hey, you took a linebacker named Troy Anderson from Montana State with the Dick Buckus Award winner sitting on the board. Now, there were some reasons why, but we'll get into that later. But he grew up on a cattle ranch. He's fast, 4'4", 240, uh, just one of the unique, most unique biographies of anyone in this draft. Let's hear from Troy Anderson. Yeah, I mean, I – Small town Montana, cattle ranch. So it's, I mean, we had 750, 800 head of cattle. Um, and my parents worked extremely hard. And, you know, my sister and I tried to help them as much as we could. Um, they provided so much and so many opportunities. And growing up on the ranch, I think it instills hard work and just that discipline when you have, I mean, real life animals that are depending on you to eat every day. Uh, you just have, you have to show up. Um, so just that, that diligence to show up and work hard every day, I think has, has rubbed off on me from growing up where I did. He, he's a rare athlete, a guy that's obviously clearly like when people say, Oh, that guy's a football player. The guy's uh, got great instincts, played multiple spots. He's got great spatial awareness. Certainly his, uh, measurables are off the charts, but you don't take guys who are just on measurables. The guy can play. Uh, we feel good about the competition in that room, right? With, uh, Rashawn. You bring Troy in there. You got Mike Walker in there. I mean, there's a good competition in that room. Yeah, no question about it. Definitely got great measurables. Uh, athlete. He was a quarterback his sophomore year. 
uh, at at Montana State. So, um, you know, he's learning the linebacker position. I don't think you can put him out there right away, but you can teach him. And like uh, Coach said, there's competition in the room. There's some veterans for him to learn from. So just like they were patient with Richie Grant last year, second-round pick, I expect them to be patient with Anderson and teach him the position, cut down his steps, and give him a path to the field. Probably, you know, he can help him on special teams right away and then work him in as he learns more about the position. You know, you got to have some instincts that go with playing that linebacker. So they're going to have to play him a lot in the exhibition season to get him some live action and then break that tape down and then move from there with him. So Troy Anderson, the cattle rancher from Montana, Dillon, Montana, is a second-round pick. So right now we're going to take a break from the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. We'll come right back and finish up here in the post-2022 draft wrap-up special edition of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, an air freshener can make your car smell like paradise. A drive to Daytona Beach will actually get you there. Beach on. Plan your trip today at DaytonaBeach.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're back here at the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, Bowtie Chronicles of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, and we're going to move on down the draft. I could spend a lot of time here on the third rounder. He's the one I saw most that the Falcons pick, University of Cincinnati Bearcat quarterback Desmond Ritter. He uh, went uh, in the third round, 74th pick. I don't have my numbers right here. I believe that's correct. Uh, But let's talk about Desmond, who had to sit through quite a wait. It was, you know, very much anticipated, um, you know, sitting there obviously last night and kind of not expecting, you know, um, where I was going to go. Um, and then obviously only seeing Kenny get picked up, um, you know, kind of had me, you know, kind of, you know, okay, like we're going to go tomorrow. Like, you know, we're going to go tomorrow, early tomorrow too. Um, so, you know, we get to the second round and we're sitting there waiting and we're waiting and we're waiting and we don't get anything. You know, I finally text Malik. I'm like, I text Malik Willis. I'm like, man, what's going on? Like, they don't like us or what? Um, and he he would just was just like, you know, like let's just sit and wait, be patient. God's gonna do his thing. Um, and, but you know, I, it was just a lot. But you know, I'm, I'm blessed to be a Falcon, and I'm excited to get down there and work. So we stay true to the integrity of the board, and and we don't want to reach at any points. Um, man, our that scouting department led by Kyle Smith. Uh, working along with the coaches in a collaborative effort, do a great job setting that board. And and we stayed true to the board and took the best players off. And he was meant to be there at that time, and we're excited to make that call. All right, so much of the debate is going to be why they took Ritter over Malik Willis. I put them side by side. Uh, they both had issues, and it looked like the, the teams this year were determined not to overdraft at quarterback. History shows that Teams draft overdrafting that quarterback just doesn't work out for you. So teams decided, hey, I might as well get a player that we, you know, feel a little bit better about than overdrafting the quarterbacks. 
So Pickett went 20th. Ritter didn't go until uh, 74. I had him going 32nd to Detroit. Uh, Detroit decided not to reach. Seattle didn't reach. Pittsburgh may have reached on Pickett. Uh, but in the third round, you got a quarterback you could bring in and develop. Now, why Ritter over Willis? He went 12 picks later to Tennessee. That'll be settled over the next few years. But, you know, the word was Willis. You know, the offense was simple at Liberty. He was athletically superior to the talent he was playing against, and he amassed a lot of yards running a simple offense. Accuracy is the, the knock on both of these guys. So you got to come up, you know, if they can't throw routes, don't call those routes. They could, they got athletic enough arms, and, you know, if you just drill the 20-yard out or 30-yard out, a lot of square ends in the uh, Falcons' uh, offense, you know, deep ends, uh you know, that Mariota be throwing to Drake London, a lot of underneath stuff, quick stuff. So, you know, if he's not accurate throwing certain routes, a post route or a flag, corner, whatever, don't call him. Just throw the stuff he can throw and keep it moving. You got to put a running game with him. So, Ritter sees him safe from Louisville, Kentucky, St. X, came to, was recruited to Cincinnati by Zach Taylor. Y'all know that, some of y'all know, I went to Cincinnati Law. So I know laid a land up there. Still got some friends up there and so forth. So Zach Taylor's uh, with the Bengals. He's one of my uh, Bob Lamont's clients. You know, Katie Brown, uh, hard owner, all those folks up there, good friends in the natty. So, you know, everybody had nothing but good things to say about this kid. You know, he sees himself as having a similar skill set to Marcus Mariota. Well, they're both very athletic quarterbacks. Um, so, you know, and that's that's a good thing that that he's looked up to Marcus because it, it'll be a really good room. Um, obviously, with Marcus, when he's talked to you guys, he's expressed over and over how excited he is for the opportunity. We added competition certainly, but that's at every spot. So, you know, Marcus being the veteran, it gives us it gives us a chance as you go going forward. But again, as always with any any position on the team, the best player is going to play. But obviously, Marcus being the vet. Now, that's the way it'll, it'll go starting out. But that nothing's ever written in stone. We we understand that, and and when you have the right guys, it, it, that's how that room works, especially where we're at right now currently with our program. Yeah, so you know you could take that and say Marcus Mariota is going to start out as the number one. He'll be number one on our depth chart. But then coach wants to say always, you know, leave himself out. That nothing's written in stone. But he's the quarterback for now until they can get Desmond Ritter ready and just stay with that for now so that's where that we're at in the quarterback situation felipe franks is still on the team they're all kind of the similar rpo could run a little bit type quarterbacks uh, with the falcons other third round pick they added a pass rusher in d'angelo malone from western kentucky here's what he had to say I definitely see opportunities. Uh, you know, every team need uh, an edge rusher or a DN that can get after the quarterback, and I feel like I'm that guy. I'm very blessed. Excited about him. When we brought him in to visit, we told him we had a feeling that he was going to be a Falcon, he's going to be able to play for the home team, and he is another pressure player um, that plays with violence and toughness any game you put on. All right, there he is, Terry Fontenot. Now, D'Angelo and uh, Schaefer or Cousins, they went to Cedar Grove, and, uh, you know, they had a little cookout yesterday, too. I didn't get the invite, but we maybe next time. But uh, he was trained by Big Chuck Smith, and here's my text from uh, Chuck yesterday at 11.01. 
Falcons finally got someone I'm excited about, someone I trained. <laughs> so he comes with the seal of approval from the actual doctor of pass rush. He's been training a lot of people. He sent us the whole list of uh, 40 pass rushers in this draft that he worked with, all the way from uh, Devontae Wyatt, Kayvon Thibodeau, all the way down to uh, here we go to uh, Jeremy Kane from Mississippi Valley and Chris Hinton from Michigan. So fifth round, the Falcons found a running back, Tyler Algier. He started at BYU as a walk-on. Daniel Jeremiah pointed out on the broadcast he had fumbling issues. NFL.com pointed out that fumbles creeped into his game last year. But, I mean, you know, we asked him about it. We asked him about his fumbling. It's a little item up on that. Uh, some folks got outraged that we brought up a, a weakness of a player in the draft. You know, all these players got strengths and weaknesses. So, you know, on draft day, we're going to ask them about the strengths and the weaknesses. He ran about 276 times. Some of them, he was put in bad situations. He's carrying the ball high and tight, and he's talked about the clock. So, if it comes up, we'll address it again. If he holds on to the ball, it'll go away. Other things, he's raw and pass protection. And so, you know, Arthur Smith even addressed that. You know, it's just a different monster in the NFL. So don't expect to see him on the field until he learns how to pass protect. But that was a problem for – they said that about Quadriolison also early on. So, But heck of a um, runner, you know, ran for a lot of yards, over 1,600 yards, a lot of touchdowns at BYU 23 last year. So a highly productive back. Let's hear from Tyler about being a walk-on. Just putting your putting your head down and getting to work, getting where you know I've been slept on almost almost my whole life, I guess. But yeah, really just uh, just betting on myself, using my support that I had with my family, family, friends, coaches, and just yeah, like I said, just put my head down and getting to work. Really, just put that I am today. Four down player, first and second down, the way he can run the ball. Third down, he can catch it, he can protect. Fourth down. Um, the value he's going to bring in the kicking game. He fits our ethos. Check all the boxes. Uh, we're really excited to, to bring him in this building, and he's excited to, to be here. Big point here. Coach Arthur Smith said the running back room is wide open. Hey, and it should be. They finished 31st in the league last year. So, Mike Davis, you're on notice. You know, Corderell, like, I, I, I want to see him at wide receiver. He didn't look comfortable taking them hits last year at the end. But you know, hey, he can do he can do it a little bit back there. Damian Williams, like him, he's been steady back up wherever he's been. Wadri's got resigned, so you know I want to see Caleb Huntley. You know, let the cream rise to the top in the running back room. And now you got Tyler Algier, who I'm sure they can teach how to block. So sixth round, they got Justin Schaefer from up the road in Athens. First cousins with Malone. Let's hear from Justin Schaefer about playing with his first cousin. He my blood cousin, so I was just calling him, congratulating him. Oh, so it okay. was just, it's just a miracle how this whole situation just played out. I mean, we, we, I mean, we knew, we knew like our dream was to, you know, get to the league and, and you know, what I'm saying keep keep supporting our, keep putting on for our family with the last name of Jacksons and just doing what we can for our family and really just. Making our dream come true. I ain't got nothing to do with celebrate together. But now it's like we always gonna see each other every day. So can't you can't you can't complain about that. Uh Schaefer, this guy, loved his 40 time. So 
We select him at guard. He's a big, nasty mauler. That was a shot at my 40 time. So then I was like, hey, coach, can I get the three call time too? And he gave it to me. But, yeah, Ma, big, nasty mauler. Uh, another point here with the, the book on Justin is, hey, he's a run mauler, but pass protection. Okay, now uh, I'm thinking if you can get him ready, you could put him at left guard where Justin Mayfield struggled last year, gave up the 11 sacks and the nine penalties. Move Mayfield out to right tackle and let everybody fight out there. You know, McGarry, you know, win your job. German and Fetty win the job. Jalen Mayfield win the job. But I don't know if Schaefer's going to be steady enough in pass pro to, you know, win that job as a fifth-round pick. So, But anyway, it's competition along the line, and that's all we're asking because, you know, that's the only way they're going to get better is bringing, uh, you know, they brought in Wilkinson and, a Fetty and uh re-signed Kobe Gosset. So the Lions got to get better, and uh, they, they brought in somebody to add to the competition. And with the last pick, they had grabbed another dog with the final pick. Big tight end John Fitzpatrick, who went to Marist School, his teammates with my guy Kyle Hamilton. Fitzpatrick is more of a blocking tight end, but here's how he sees himself fitting into the Falcon scheme. Uh, I just know, you know, it's not just 11 personnel. They run some 12, they run some 13. Uh, and I know I can step in right away and fill that role, uh, advance the run game uh, and drive that needle and then also be an all-around tight end and stretch the field in the pass game as well. And then we get a big tight end, also uh, local. Um, and then we have a clear vision for what he's going to be. Again, top makeup, um, big athletic man. And, and so there's not a lot of man that big walking around and can move like that. So we're really excited. All right, there it is. Those are the eight picks for the Atlanta Falcons for the 2022 draft. They got help all over the place here, it looks like. Some of the undrafted signees are, are being uh, uh, reported on online. We have to verify them because, you know, a couple years back there was supposed to be some quarterback from Jackson State that was signed and it wasn't a real report. So, uh, you know, we'll call our agents and text and get verifiable signings for you after we get the report card up on AJC.com. This was an a interesting draft. They had questions. Okay, we just for review, Drake London over the little receivers. Okay, they, they think he was their top receiver. They got him. Uh, the pass rusher, they think they traded up to get him. The other guys uh, were up higher in the draft. Would you – Thibodeau didn't slip. Aiden Hutchinson's up there, and uh, they they passed on Jermaine Johnson. So this kid and Jermaine Johnson will be, you know, who we will look at down the road. But he's got the you know measurables to get the job done. It looks like and he's learning from one of the best in the business. And the next question was Desmond Ritter over Malik Willis. So if one of them you know develops into a starting quarterback. You know, maybe they both do. You know, Russell Wilson was a late pick. Dak Prescott was a late pick. They don't hit on these quarterbacks all the time. You know, Jake Locker was picked eighth in 2011. You just got to look at the history of the quarterback graveyard. And so and we know that very well. So the third round, that's good. Fourth round, you know, they, they traded that pick. So missed on some people there. But uh, fifth round got a highly productive running back. That's good. You know, 
I don't, I'm not big on a big Mountain West football and, you know, out in Big Sky and all that, you know. But, hey, uh, you can find players from out there. But uh, so, but he was highly productive out there in, in uh, that football arena. So, sixth round, you got the – you know, he can, he can run block. Got to teach him how to pass block. Got a big tight end and should get a big sturdy tight end to help on that blocking. Got to replace Lee Smith. You know, so uh, big sturdy John Fitzpatrick, he can't do a little bit in the pass game. He talked about getting down the field in the pass game. I don't think they're really expecting that from him. But if he can do it, the more you can do, the better. Let's go ahead and wrap it up here in the special post-draft wrap-up edition of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. We're going to ask you to take care of yourself and uh, have a good rest of the week. Thanks for listening. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com.